And today we've got John in prison showing some doubt. And we say, oh, yay, the baby's coming. But, you know, that is the world into which Jesus is born is into our world. And today we hear the story of John who things have become a little bit unpredictable for him. He's the one who said Jesus is the one and now he's in prison. And now he's wondering, did he do the right thing? And did he recommend the right person? John has these doubts, so he sends out a messenger to say to Jesus, are you the one or are we to wait for another? And you might forgive John his doubts a little bit because I'm sure he's sitting there saying, Jesus, I hear rumors of stuff you're doing, but you know what? I'm still in prison. I thought you would have done something like about that by now. I'm still in prison. You know, John is kind of struggling with what life has given him at this point in time. Perhaps we can forgive John his doubt, and in so doing, recognizing his doubt, we might be able to name some of our own. If John can be that faithful person who knew Jesus in person and said, this is the one, can then later ask that question of Jesus. Are you sure you're the one? Because you know what? I'm still sitting in jail. I thought you would have figured this whole thing out by now. And everything would be upturned. And the world would be healed. And we would be doing fine right now. Jesus, are you the one? Or are we supposed to wait for another? Imagine what your own prison looks like. You might not have to go too far. It may be your own doubt and fear. It may be grief, loss of a loved one this year, depression. It could be loneliness. It could be greed and debt. What is your own prison that you call out? And perhaps can you call out from that place Oh, Jesus, are you the one? I have cancer. I'm missing my parents. I don't know how I'm going to buy Christmas presents for my children. Where is the next meal coming from? Jesus, are you the one? Or are we to wait for another? Maybe it's a prison of your technology. Or your possessions. You know, whatever it is that keeps you trapped from being able to live life fully and abundantly and connecting with the Spirit of God in your life. How are you in prison? And can you reach out and ask that question, Jesus, are you the one? Can I believe it enough that you can free me even from this? So we may know a little bit of what John is going through. And John asked the question for all of us. You know, whatever our beliefs and expectations of the way the world should be, can we be freed? What does it mean for us to trust in God that much? Well, and, and Jesus, you know, like Jesus is, he doesn't necessarily give a direct answer. You know, Jesus says, well, well what do you see? What do you see happening in the world? What's going on? Those who can't hear, hear. Those who can't see, see. Those who can't walk, walk. Those who've died or have new life. Uh, Jesus says, what is you see? And then Jesus says, blessed are any of those for whom I'm not a stumbling block. Here I am walking around all those who need and I'm bringing healing. 
don't let anyone take offense to that. So did Jesus answer the question, are you the one? He kind of said, John, you have to answer that question for yourself. What do you see? What do you know is going on? And John might say, well, you know, Jesus, I'm still in prison. You know, I'm still in prison. Aren't you supposed to set the prisoners free? Goodness. So here we are wondering what's going to happen. So John sends a messenger to ask the question, someone he trusts. You know, we have one of those people here at Resurrection. His name is Mark Eggleston. Whenever I get an email that has a strange link in it or says it's from Facebook or somewhere and they have to update my passcodes and all that sort of stuff, and I'm not sure if it's fake or not, you know, uh, Mark Eggleston is our human Snopes. So, so, I called, so I call him and say, I've got this thing, you know, let me send it to you and you tell me if it's, if it's for real or not or if it's a hoax. And so he'll send me a message back. Yes, you can open it or no, that's a virus. And so I pay attention to Mark because I, I know that he knows about these things in it. And so I think John the Baptist picked his Mark Eggleston and sent him on to Jesus and said, tell me these rumors are either true or not true. You know, I'm hearing about this stuff going on, and I just would like for it to be a little different. The new, what news is real and what news is fake? You know, we've had a challenge with that these days in our world. So many news sites that are extreme and putting all this information out there. What do we believe? Especially if we're limited in our information intake, like prison or somewhere else. What are we to know? What are we to believe? So John is wondering. John might be able to bear prison for what he believes, but he might have an extra suffering. He might be concerned about all those people that he sent to Jesus. Jesus, are you the one? Can I trust you with all of those souls I sent your way, saying you were going to bring about the kingdom? Can I trust you with that? So John's wondering as he asked this question, you know, and Jesus could be more helpful. John's in prison. You know, but then Jesus goes on to say to the people there, what did you expect? What did you expect to see when you came out to see John, when you came out to see me? Did you expect those people prancing around in their soft robes, all soft from not having to work? Did you expect those leaders that were so wonderfully in charge of everything that they had every answer? What did you expect to see? A reed bending in the wind? What were you expecting in our scripture reading this morning, Jesus says? So it's almost like, what are your expectations? Are they even right? Do you even know when you ask the question that if you get the answer that you can trust it? You know, so Jesus kind of pushes back at them and says, your expectations are even in the wrong place for what the answer is. So we don't want to be taken in. We might want to ask one of our friends what's going on. Have they seen it for themselves? Do they know what's going on? And Jesus even takes it to the end game because Jesus says, even the have-nots get good news. And in the scripture, that's always the test of the covenant. When the poor get good news. When the have-nots get food. When those who haven't had before all of a sudden receive a gift. So Jesus even says that. John, what do you see? You know, John may be like some of us and was most likely looking for something else. And here's an interpretation from Reverend David Lowe's that we've been reading during this Advent season. 
It says, if truth be told, what most of the time we look for too, like John, is a strong Messiah for strong people. A Messiah who helps those who help themselves. A Messiah who knows how to stand up for himself. A Messiah, in short, that you can be proud of. David goes on to say, what John gets instead is Jesus. And measured against John's hopes and expectations, Jesus probably falls short. I mean, let's face it. The people Jesus seemed preoccupied with were the lame, the deaf, the poor, the ill, the dead. For heaven's sakes, these people aren't exactly movers and shakers. Rather, they are moved and shaken by every whim of the rich and powerful. David finishes by saying, these things weren't going to change things. My word, they're the outcasts and the losers of John's day. The kind of people who can barely fend for themselves, let alone help anyone else. So John's image of what Jesus was supposed to bring in wasn't this. It wasn't this healing. It wasn't spending time along with the margin so much. You know, are you the one? And Jesus says, look and see. What I find interesting is Jesus always says, you have to make the decision. That keeps things a little bit less predictable. Whether we're in prison or the hospital, whatever affects us in life keeps us a little bit less predictable. But don't we like those people we can see that are just strong? Don't we admire them? There was a wonderful Disney movie that came out recently called Big Hero 6, if any of you still have that, Big Hero 6. Well, there's, uh, the, the, the story is propelled by both grief, being lost in prisons of grief, and also being lost in prisons of anger is what propels the story. And as part of the, of the plot, this character is created, this big marshmallowy, soft kind of creature uh, that is called Baymax. It says, I am your home assistance nurse. Whenever you get a scratch or anything happen to you, this thing magically appears. And so its creator is this boy's older brother who at the beginning of the movie dies. And in grief, all of a sudden triggers Baymax to start up again. And as Baymax starts, he starts to have this relationship with this thing that his brother has created. You know, it's there to heal. It's there to be nurturing. It's there to figure out what's hurting and to find an answer for it. So what does the boy do? In his anger and his grief, he wants to get Baymax prepared for war. Makes armor for it. Tries to put it on. Here's the picture of the armor's on, but he can't quite get that belly plate on. Can't quite get that belly plate on. But I wonder if this is kind of what we do to Jesus. I wonder if we take Jesus, whom God has given to us as a vulnerable infant, who grows into this person that John's asking, are you the one? You're going around doing all this healing stuff. Are you the one, or are we to wait for another? Are we busy putting armor on Jesus? Are we busy making Jesus something Jesus is not? I hear in the world so many interpretations. I say, let's read the Gospels together again, please. Can't we do a Bible study together and you tell me where that Jesus is that you're talking about? You know, Jesus' belly is sticking out and you can't get that armor on it because the love and the softness is going to overflow into healing. 
as the story progresses, one of the most important moments to me is the next slide, where the kid is falling off a building, not even knowing he's going to be okay, and there is this creation underneath him, ready to be the pillow that he lands in, ready to put his arms around him, his brother's creation. I think Jesus does that for us, often providing the healing before we even know we are hit, we've hit the ground, being present with us even as we ask the question, even if Jesus doesn't give us the answer we want as clearly as we want it. Goodness, what are we to make of this baby Jesus coming? What are we asking for when we say, are you the one? Or do we wait for another? One of the wonder pieces of this for me is how Jesus does answer the question. And it comes from Monica Coleman, a theologian, in Preaching God's Justice. She says this. Jesus focuses our attention less on him and more on the just and loving presence of God in the world. His words point toward the movement and work of God around us. When we see God's active presence, we will know that God is present to bring about greater justice and mercy in the world. The gospel urges us to seek evidence of God's empowering work among the disenfranchised and marginalized. What Monica essentially says when John asks Jesus, are you the one or should we wait for another? Jesus sort of like gets out of the way. Look at those people. That's your answer. Look at the others. Don't get stuck looking at me. Don't let me be the stumbling block. Look at the healing that's going on in the world. Then you have to decide. You have to decide if you need to look for another or if I'm the one. Goodness, what does it mean that in these Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, before we get to John, Jesus never says, I am the one. He gets asked over and over again and simply says, look what's going on in the world. And then Jesus even goes far, so far as to say, you will do greater things than I. Look at them. Look at you. You will do greater things than I. Am I the one? You are the one. Where there's healing, where there's love, where there's hope, where the poor and the have-nots hear good news. That is where God's presence is moving in this world. Are you the one, Jesus? Well, let's look at where Jesus is pointing. There's no place we can go where the Messiah will not be present. Not even in our doubts and fears. Jesus comes right into those places and redeems them. Are you the one, Jesus? Look around. You are the hands, the feet, the body of Christ. Be so for the world. Amen.